And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. Everybody and welcome back to the Fighting Fit Show. We are continuing our series of embracing food freedom. All right, we're really trying to help people get out of the rut of you know habitual eating, habitual problem solving with food. You know, why do we eat? Why is it important? How can we start using food for fuel and also using it um, as a tool when we're in control? That's kind of what we're trying to dig into. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We are focusing on coping on your emotions, coping with your emotions without the use of food. And obviously, again, this is for me personally, a very, very powerful subject because it's the emotion behind it that is really the hard part to manage. People use all kinds of things to cope with their emotions. And so that's kind of what we're really going to try and get at today is like food is simply, you know, the tool that you're using. Some people, you know, do all kinds of crazy things. Like some people take drugs, some people exercise to an exorbitant amount. Some people literally just shut down and shut in. Some people bitch and gossip and moan and some people journal about it. Some people meditate. Some people, there's healthy and unhealthy ways to deal with your emotions and obviously as a health and fitness coach a big part of the health aspect is that people are using food it's showing up on their gut you know it's showing up in their arteries and it's showing up in their self-esteem it's showing up in their mental health they're really just not happy about it and so we're going to kind of go through some tools today that hopefully can help you guys deal with your emotions using other things that aren't food because again obviously the emotional triggers and all that kind of stuff that are present are always going to be present um, unless, again, we talk about environmental factors, in which case we remove them, which is an option. And then if we can't remove them, how are we going to deal with them? Because things like stress like, is a very broad and blanket term and you can't just remove stress from your life. So when you are stressed, how are we going to deal with it? Exactly. So um, what do you think step one is? So... Step one we're going to do is identify emotional triggers for eating in this case. And obviously, again, I feel like you guys can maybe apply this to whatever your vice is. Maybe it's not eating, maybe it's something else. But identifying your emotional cue or your trigger. So what is what what triggers you? So um, a list of things that I have here that are, let's say, emotional triggers would be stress would be one. So being overworked and just having a lot of pressure on you um, your environment. So uh, the way your environment is sort of set up, your happiness, your anger, self-loathing, or disappointment. Yeah, relationships would be another big one. You know, it's like pe- other people are very, very hard to manage and deal with. And so, you know, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's friends, family, whatever it is, is that there is always going to be relationships that give you somewhat of a stress response from time to time. And if you're in a really you know, consistent relationship with somebody, maybe it's uh, somebody at work, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's your child, maybe it's your cousin, whoever it is. If regularly they're causing you stress, you're going to either have to remove them. And if that's not possible, you're going to have to figure out a way to create a more harmonious relationship. Or in the meantime, how do you respond to that stress? Because maybe you can't fix them. Maybe there's no fixing them. Maybe there's no getting rid of them. All right. Let's say you work there, you love your job, which is one person and they're absolutely 
grinding your gear. What are you going to do because it's now having a negative impact on your health? How can we deal with that? Um, well, there's a few different ways that you could deal with it. So one, uh, journaling. Two would be counseling. Three, meditation. Um, four, friends. And five, uh, family. And then also there's movement practices like going f- like yoga and then you can go for a walk. A lot of times when you're stressed, um, a little bit of movement can really, really help sort of calm everything down. Breath work is also a really good way to sort of process emotions. Yeah, so, um, I like that. Exactly. So here's the hard part for me personally. Uh, and this is where this is where you're, you're going to have to have a bit of faith here with your tools is that, you know, being proactive is always ideal. But, you know, it's not really realistic for people who are really struggling it's like so you know you might have to do these things retrospectively it's like yeah maybe you're going to journal after the fact that you got stressed you know maybe you know maybe you can't walk in after 20 minutes of meditation yet and just deal with them like a like a cool camera collected collected stoic all right and so again maybe that's not where you're at yet but maybe post the confrontation instead of reaching for the pringles you can sit down you know stick on your headphones and just try and calm down for a little bit and just start realizing okay there's a different way to deal with this. Maybe you want to write about it. And again, maybe maybe this is something you never really realized about yourself in relation to stress. Like maybe you're a writer. Maybe you love to write. And it's like, so again, so maybe just writing about it can help you know, help you vent. You know, um, another thing again, yeah, going for a walk. It's like once we're stressed, there's now this physical response to that and letting out that energy elsewhere as opposed to decking them um, is going to be very, very cathartic. But there's also um, this sort of like willpower um let's say theory so like if you are uh trying to be on a diet you're trying to be really really good and then you know like it takes a lot of mental energy to stay on track and to make the good decisions but then if you got like let's say kids pulling out of you you're late for work and yeah someone's giving out you top down whatever way it is uh so that will take away from that mental bandwidth that will help you make good decisions. And so when it comes to the thing, you just go, fuck, I couldn't be arsed. And that's your breaking point and you uh, go and you have your wee binge or you break your diet or whatever it is. But the way to deal with that, even if you do do that, okay, and you can't catch yourself in the moment, what meditation will do is meditation will help give you that space between that decision and you'll be able to watch yourself making the, the, the decision to sort of cheat in your diet. And when you do that, you'll have like two options. You're like either fuck it or you'll just um, make the better decision. Go like, now I'm going to leave it. And if you don't have that awareness, something that you can do to build that awareness is get a journaling after the fact. So let's say, Joe, your boss gave out to you at work, gave you a load of extra work to do, and now your weekend's cancelled, okay? And you were going to be really good for it with your diet and all this sort of stuff, but that news just devastated you. And um, you decided on the way home, you're going to get a Chinese. So in the next uh, morning, you bust out your journal, you feel like shit, you're like, fuck, I shouldn't have had that Chinese. So you go like, okay, last night when I got in, when I was on my way home from work, I decided to get a Chinese because I was feeling, and then try and give the most detailed description of how you actually felt so you can actually understand it. And then, Joe, ask yourself this question, um, is that feeling justified? And it's like, should you have felt that feeling? The answer is usually yes, because most of the times, you know, your body just reacts to whatever it is. Was it an appropriate response? It's like, yeah, I should have been stressed. Okay, next time when I feel like this, I will do blank on whatever it is. So next time when I feel like this, um, ask yourself, what's better, what's worse? So should I have um, gone to the Chinese? Uh, probably not. Okay, what would have been better than that? Um, maybe going to the shop instead and getting something quick and easy in the shop that's less calories. Okay, um, what's worse? Um, 
ordering everything off the menu from the Chinese and uh, you know, getting like full fat, full fat Coke, all that sort of stuff as well to make it even worse. So uh, ask yourself what's better, what's worse, and then maybe make a better decision next time. And then that there well, is how you add awareness. We're, we're, we're still kind of dealing with our emotions with food though in that situation. Hmm? So in that yeah, way, well, like, again, yeah. Yeah. So again, well, I agree. So it's that, like we're moving away from a very, a very destructive approach. Let's say, let's say you really want to lose the weight. You know, it's like, oh, why do we want to lose the weight? You know, because or why do we not want to deal with our emotions with food? Well, because yeah, it's affecting our weight. So a good step in the right direction would be, oh, okay, right. Well, let's deal with it with less food. You know, or less calories. And even you know, if you're very smart about it, you can deal with it with more food and less calories. So again, mm-hmm. you know, win win. But another another step would be right. Okay, listen, you're going home. It's like why why don't why don't you why don't you sit in the phone and vent your friend for an hour? It's like why yeah. why don't you why don't you sit why don't you journal about it? You know why don't you sit why don't you meditate and then after the meditation if you want if you still before you went to the Chinese stick on Headspace download the Headspace app do a ten minute session and if you still want the Chinese after that you can have the Chinese you know it's like but at least now starting to kind of go okay well there is other solutions here that are not food. And also, if I if I if I can't will myself away from not dealing with it yet, because again, obviously it's a it's a spectrum, it's a, it's a journey, you know. Um, with that obviously, yeah, less calories would be good. But it, we want we also want, you know, a vice that's something completely different. Like for toxic, if you're yeah. if you've got chronic, if you've got chronic, what would you say, carpal tunnel syndrome? Because every time you're stressed, you're just journaling too hard. You know, it's like maybe maybe stop the Chinese on the way home. It's like if whatever way you're dealing with your stress. Is starting to become an issue. It's like we need to start dealing with it another way. And it's also this kind of, it's the fact that you're triggered into it. This isn't a choice, really. It, it feels compulsive. It's like, I get stressed. I need a Chinese. Okay, well, listen, if you're stressed and you want a Chinese, that's a different different thing. And you've decided, you know what? After the week that I've had, I put in a certain week, I wasn't expecting Karen to give me such a hard time. I'm treating myself with a Chinese. It's like, that's, that's one thing. But when you feel like you're punishing yourself with a Chinese, it's like, that's a... That's a different thing. It's like when your only response to a stressor is to kind of go for this tool that is also self-destructive, we, we start having a bit of a problem. So that's how I feel about that. So, you know, I think you're 100% right. So um, one of the things that we need to do is develop the toolkit of healthy ways to deal with emotions. So when you're doing your journaling, um, do you want to say the post-talk one? Do you know, when I feel like this, I will. The, um, what's better, what's worse is just one strategy. It's just yeah, one strategy in the, in the tool that. So another one, the best one that I think people don't do enough of these days is, you know, like you just said, call someone. So uh, it doesn't have to be in this sort of like, like a accountability sort of a meeting sort of style thing. You know, like if you're feeling stressed, you know, I think um, ladies tend to be way better at this than than guys. Um, but just call them to talk about you know something bad that happened. Anytime, anytime something bad happens, um, I know for me anyway, it's like you know, deal with it on your own. Don't bring anyone else into it. It's your own sort of solution. That's the sort of like atypical response. But anytime if I do have a problem and I call you or I talk to uh, Stephen about it, you guys give me a different perspective on it. Validate my feelings if my feelings need to be validated. Um, give me that sort of third-person perspective that helps sort of create a little bit of space between it. And then also just articulating how I feel about it to someone else and then having them um, give their, their perspective on it. It makes everything just seem a little bit more clear, concise, and it's not this big sort of chaotic, cloud of emotion anymore so funny you use the word cloud because like i mean the whole idea is to vent you know it's like yeah 
when it's caked up in your head, it's very, very hard to kind of to for it to be real. But again, like we decompress and de-stress just by simply letting it out. It's like, you know, it's like this thing, if you have a habit of holding it inside you, it's like, well, now you need to deal with all this internal energy. And a good way of doing that is because again, it's that's actually a physical act. There's chemicals going off. A walk is something similar. You know, a run is something similar. A good weightlifting session is something similar. The issue is that hump initially is depending on your personality type for different people. Like some people, like they get stressed. First thing they do is just go for a run. Like I, I, I get stressed. I'm quite literally running away from my problem. So that'll be back for me um, later. Um, another thing, like for me, it's, it's so funny when you said that is that like when I get problems, I'm like just like you. It's like I just deal with it internally. But something, as you're saying, that really highlights for me is like, unless the problem's big enough, in which case I'm straight on the phone. Like, it's like, but once the problem gets certain big, I'm like, I need to call someone. Like, I can't do it for myself. You know, it's like, which is really, and, and, and sorry, go on. Um, what I was going to say is that, like, on that, see where you're like, unless the problem's big enough. And sometimes, Joe, because maybe you have like a bit of a food addiction or something like that there, you might backwards rationalize, Joe, that like, oh, the problem's not that big and I want to sabotage my diet anyway. And like, if yeah. it depends on how serious, how like serious you were, you're committed at, let's say the start of your journey. Um, and again, there is degrees to this, but if you're doing it and it's, if you're going to eat food and it's your only source of, um, managing your emotions and this is what you're doing every single time and you're gaining weight to the point where you're unhealthy, you know, like it's a big enough deal to call your friend or to call your yeah. brother or your sister but or your mom another or, big thing I, or whoever yeah, you can confide in. Big thing I would say is like something I've noticed about stress eaters that i've had experience with is that they're always stressed is that they're always stressed I, and again it's it's not it's not a knock on them it's like they it, the, like these are people who seem to be in chronically stressful environments and so it's like okay so yeah listen I'd, I'd be stressed too if i was in your shoes and you know it's like if i was if if, if i was stressed that regularly like maybe like i'm i stress these like like i don't like it wouldn't be my go-to, but like you know, if if my mental battery has been drained by stress, I find it a lot easier to just now pick and not make good decisions and you know not orientate myself towards my goals. So listen, I get it one hundred percent. But if you're in a situation that you're chronically stressed about, it's like my first protocol is like I need to do as much about that situation as I can. You know, if if it's work, it's like I need to start offloading jobs at work because by by nature it's too much. You know, it's like an either you're getting a massive paycheck, to which case it's like, listen, it's worth it. I'll sacrifice my body for the next five years to have, you know, the life of my dream for the next 50. Maybe that's a decision you want to make. But it's like if you're literally just a cog in a wheel and you're stuck and they just are grinding and putting the pressure on you and it's affecting your health and it's affecting your mental health and, it's, you know, you're constantly stressed and doesn't feel like you can do about it. It's like I, I would start trying to break down that problem piece by piece and go, right, what's the first step? To getting me a little bit more, a uh, like a like a mental aid station because there's literally nothing here that I can do with this current situation without being stressed. So I need to start changing that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. You do you break things down. You know, like if you're stressed all the time, that's not a good thing. It will kill you slowly. It will shorten your lifespan, and uh, you uh, like. Stress is not bad before I say anything else. Like stress is not a bad thing at all. Um, but you need appropriate doses of it. You know, like the dosage is important. If you are chronically stressed, you have no time to recover from that stress and you're just basically debilitating your yourself the, the whole time. You need to be able to recover. And that's why like if you're like, oh God, I need a holiday. I really, really need a holiday. I need to get off work. I need to you know, escape or whatever it is. Um, so that's a sign that you should uh, you should be finding a better way to live in terms of 
managing your stress. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about this there the other, the other week. I, I was thinking of the opposite. I wasn't thinking about stress. I was thinking about fun. It's like, how much fun? Like, what are your little fun tokens? Like, how much fun do you need to be, like, consistent with things? It's like, because I know for me, is like, if, if someone just starts taking away, like, a, like a few different areas of my fun, a few, a few of my fun token, tokens, like, it's like, life wouldn't be worth living. So what's the point? You know, it's like, yeah. you know, and that's not to say that that's all it's about, because I love, you know, overcoming stress and that, in a way, you know, gives you so much, like, energy yeah. and, you know, passion and all that kind of stuff but if you if you're not recharging with fun it's like and what is your level of fun based on the amount of stress you have for some people it's like well my stress is up here my source of fun my source of cope is food that's that's got a match and say okay well listen we can give you other tools to help you manage like other things that are fun like again once you kind of get into walking running chatting with your friends video gaming meditation like these are all things that people enjoy but Initially, there can be a bit of a barrier to that thing. Oh, it's, it's not for me, or you know, so oh, I'm just going to stick to what I know. Can't teach an old dog new tricks and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then also, yeah, we need to start offloading your stress if you if you are literally in a situation where you can't cope and other things are a priority. Like maybe at one stage that amount of stress was right for you because work was your number one priority. But now that work isn't that much of a priority anymore, maybe it's health, maybe it's family. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, are you just kind of stuck in this cycle of like? This is just the way it's always been. This is what it is. I don't know what to do about it. It's like, well, we need to start breaking it down. Yeah. So um, I think that's all all the points you wanted to get through on that one. What's the what's the next point? So that is coping without food. Next one's respecting your body. So respecting your body, embrace body diversity and challenge unrealistic ideals. All right. So this is actually something I actually wanted to, I was thinking a lot about over the last week is appetite so appetite and body types so you can tell me what you think of this because it's not fully thought out yet but so like Go a big it. big thing with people is like set weight it's like some people have large appetites all right some people have large appetites because that's by nature just kind of how they operate like an endomorph is traditionally somebody with broad shoulders and a broad waist from what i've uh, heard and from my research and from my own personal observations of people is like those people generally tend to carry more weight because they've got a larger appetite. They also have a quote-unquote slow metabolism, meaning that they are just less fidgety. They're just not a fidgety person. So they're they're chronically eating, you know, more than they need. And they're like, you know, obviously relative to, you know, an ideal body weight. And they're under moving in relation to that balance. Whereas somebody who's an ectomorph, somebody like myself, narrow shoulder, narrow waist, is like, is all like, for the most part, the majority, they might be skinny fat, so they're not doing any weight training. Um, and again, it's a bit of a chronic situation. But for the most part, it's like, you know, we're going to naturally move quite a lot unless we're kind of bound into a desk. And even then we'll fidget a lot while we're in that desk. And our appetite, we're like, just going to get pretty full pretty quick. And so, you know, it's like, I would love, I want to be fair to anybody out there. It's like, if you're struggling with obesity or you're struggling with being overweight, it's like, not everybody is playing off the same bat, but everybody still has to come about it with the same solution. Like everybody always wants to come at it from it's like, oh, well, listen, my hormones this, my hormones that. It's like, listen, at the end of the day, if you want to be this, you're going to have to move more and you're going to have to eat less. And how you do that, I find personally, is like, is, is, like that's where one of the benefits of coaching and doing your own research and falling in love with the topic and the subject and finding your way. It's like, but being absolutely picture a beach shredded muscular and being able to, you know, just have it all for a very low cost is very unrealistic. It's like, you can have whatever you want, but the cost is going to be a problem. 
and your nature is also going to be a problem and everybody's nature is different yeah no i think that's that's a 100 i think a like the body types thing i think it is more of uh it's more of a spectrum it's not necessarily yeah no like i agree yeah, this and that. um but the the there are incredibly unrealistic um body standards out there i don't think the solution to that is the body positivity movement um but i do think everyone is different and i think it's important to like to love yourself regardless of how you look right now and when you do love yourself that will actually show in your behaviors and your actions and all that sort of stuff like if you just sit there and ask yourself all right if i actually like genuinely really really did love myself how would i be treating myself and you know it's not binging on the weekends it's not this all the good ideas start coming into, into your head and you're like oh crap so maybe joe you're not acting like you love yourself anymore so starting from that place first and if you are starting from a place of i'm not enough well then everything becomes this sort of punishment and this sort of like i have to do this and then it's not from a place of want or desire or a thing of like helping people or helping yourself it comes a thing of like you better do this otherwise you're not good enough and um, mm-hmm. one is motivating short term and the other one is motivating long term. And I think that's one of the reasons why the body positivity movement is he- like does that where it's like, no, oh, just embrace who you are. You know, fitness is for all shapes, which it actually is. It is for all shapes and there's loads of different kinds of fitness and there's loads of different things and people respect people from loads of different areas. One of the coolest things that I uh, see online is you know, bodybuilders you know, uh, hanging out with like powerlifters and the powerlifters, if we're being honest, you know, like don't look the best most of the time. Um, and the bodybuilders are all in like peak, you know, let's say aesthetic appearance. Um, and like one is blown away by the other and the other is blown away by the other because, uh, one ha- has incredible strength and the other one looks unbelievable. So, um, but both of those things, like let's say the, the bodybuilding sort of standard to get there, you know, it requires a good bit of dedication, requires a good bit of knowledge and nutrition and it requires a commitment. And if uh, you are living a life where that it's not a big priority for you, well, it's like it might be okay for you to settle with a body that's not, you know, like Zach Efron's and uh, what do you call it? Baywatch. Baywatch. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I agree. That's a, a really good point. It's like this is it. It's like listen, you can have the body of your dreams if you want. It's like, but at the same time, it's like it's gonna cost. It might cost you everything. It might cost you everything that you love and. Yeah, that's a hard that's a hard situation to weigh up. And also initially you might not have the skills to get it or the habits or the discipline. And it's an absolute journey of you to get this thing. Same way as I said, listen, you can have the car of your dreams as well if you want, you can have the house of your dreams, you can do whatever you want. But all those little com all those little corners of coziness and comfort is like it's it's not there. You know, it's like that's not where it is, and you're gonna have to put your hand on your back and force yourself to do the things that you don't want to do in order to get it. And again, this is a spectrum. It's like, listen, if you're not doing it all, that doesn't mean you're terrible. It's like, if you're literally just doing a little bit more, it's like, yeah, you should appreciate that. You should be grateful that you have, you know, today you've got the breath in your lungs, you know, you've got the money in your pocket, you know, you've got the skills and resources and stuff that you have today because you can only be grateful for what you have. And if we keep looking forward as to what you want, it's like, yes, it can be, you know, motivating, but it can also be the demotivating and demoralizing it you feel like the gap is too big and so you know we have to look far enough ahead that we're we're you know getting pushed outside our comfort zone but not too far ahead that it's like okay well now it's overwhelming you know we have to be grateful and thankful for what we have to the point where we've got a little bit of energy and we're staying away from you know self-resentment uh, but also you know we have to understand that we're not all we could be and we need to change in order to understand it's like right i'm not good enough 
to be who I want to be right now. I think I, I think wait there with I think I think um, throwing in a little bit of CBT here. Um, I think a better way to phrase it instead of being like I'm not good enough now is like more like I, know, I have so like, much potential. You have so exactly, much. I have so much potential. Do you know like it? Because that whole thing like I'm not good enough right now. I think uh, you know it's like nah, like you are. But it's if you friend. want, like if you want, yeah, it's a bad friend. Uh, it's a bad, bad friend, friend, but like you have potential and you want to fulfill that potential. And I think that is far more hopeful and optimistic than the other one, and in turn more motivating. Now there is a whole you know, like the grind set mentality that I see online sometimes. You know where grind, you know, like what, the did you say, what did you say? Grind set. The grind so, like, set. But it's like you know I just work hustle all the time. Like I was in that sort of that sort of zone, but it was like you know, your evil anime um character arc. You know where you just put the hoodie on, you're in the gym, and you're that guy with the hoodie, and no one talks. Then all of a sudden, it's really lonely. And all. <laughs> you're like, it's just it's kind of cringe. But um, I think the best way to get away from that, actually, first, let's say challenge the unrealistic ideals, okay? I think we should do that now as coaches, okay? What are the un- unrealistic ideals? Joe, you're fighting against Photoshop. You're fighting against perfect lighting. You're fighting against steroid usage uh, for girls as well. Uh, you're fighting against um, really, really uh, restricted eating practices. And um, you're fighting with, like, an incredible amount of de- devotion and determination as well. And maybe even someone who has the... Also, the pump and the pose. Don't forget about yeah, the pump, pump and the pose. Yeah, <laughs> pump know, and the pose like, as well. Like what, like, what I look like what I look like now, if I just tuck my top off, I'm not going to calm down. All right. Uh, what I look like now, my top off, is completely different than if I was to literally do 15 minutes of heavyweight training, um, or maybe not even heavyweight training, like moderate weight training, lightweight training, high reps, get the pump, get the pump, and then get and just then a few get, get, and then pose well, like not because then there's posing and then there's posing even better, like an understanding and having mm-hmm. a good mind muscle connection. It's like and then the angle of the camera, and then the lighting, and then yeah. the touch ups, and then the filters, and then um, if, and if then, you want to like, Photoshop, then again, yeah, hundred percent. It's like it's like that's what you're seeing. It's like go to the beach. Like go to the beach and you will see maybe one guy or one girl that looks like that, and the rest of the people who maybe even if you've seen them on social media, it's like don't look like that right now, you know. And if they did look like that, it's like I've looked certain ways on social media at one stage or another, and you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of days later, it's like you don't look like that anymore because again, we're all going through this state of fluctuation. Now, another unrealistic standard to have, what Chris kind of said with this body positivity movement, is like glorifying obesity or even been overweight is like and saying listen do you boo boo it's like listen i will always encourage people to be healthy and sometimes in people's effort to become healthy they take on unrealistic and unhealthy mindset so if you're overweight and you think just cut everything like that to me is an idea that's that's unhealthy but to say hey listen you're overweight you know and you don't have to do anything about it that's also unrealistic and unhealthy too so it's like it swings both ways Exactly. So the solution, one of the solutions to that is to shift your focus from appearance to overall well-being. So what does uh, you know, what does that mean? What does it even mean to shift your focus from appearance to overall well-being? So first off, you have to understand what like bad well-being is and what good well-being is. And uh, well-being can be it's kind of weird to to define, but it's like your overall sense of like you know, just like contentment with who you are, where you're at, and if you feel good in general. Now, <laughs> a good way to put it is like, hey, how do you feel today? I feel great. I feel really good. It's like, that's your well-being. It's like, if you, so people you've asked, it's like, oh, hey, how are you doing today? And you're like, oh, I'm all right. It's like, you know, it's like, that's, if that's your answer every time, it's like, it's probably not great. It's like, if somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing? And you just want to answer, I'm fucking ready to collapse. You know, it's like, 
it's probably not great. And again, you could be absolutely shredded and that could be completely possible. You know, it's like you could be really overweight and there's a chance, you know, it's like if, if, if everything else is going really well for you and you've got a good balanced mindset, it's like, listen, you could be doing on top of the world. And that can now, change from day actually, to day. This is, here's, but here's, here's one of the points, okay? So see if you're the, the fat guy on the cover of Men's Health magazine being like, I'm healthy, my well-being's good, blah, 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 blah. Don't like it. If that is true and you know you're happy with your body shape, you have got a person who loves you and um, so you, you feel good about yourself, like there's no need to go on this mad drastic diet to start like cutting every night. Now, could you be healthier and could you feel better? Maybe. But if you feel really, really good and you're happy with where you're at, you know, like what can you do? Or like, do you encounter problems where you, know, you get tired going up the stairs? Well, then like that, that's like a negative point on like your overall mm. well-being. Like you shouldn't be chronically tired. That's a that's a thing for well being. So number one, you have energy. Not like not you don't have to be bloody like a on like crystal meth or like wired to the moon cleaning your house from fucking six o'clock in the morning up to twelve o'clock at night and just go, 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 go. But like you should have energy for your day to day. Um you should have so as well. It's like if that is if that is you and you are doing amazing and you are overweight, it's like listen, well, studies show that you won't be able to feel this good for as many years just by nature of this one thing. So if we could just you know, give your arteries a little bit less plaque to contend with, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, then again, if you feel great and everything's going well, lose a little bit of weight, you live a little bit longer, you can enjoy it a little bit more, you know? Yeah. But I, I do think it's it's important to mention as well that, like, there is a thing from being, like, not too healthy, but, like, like where does too it lean. end? No, not even too lean, but just, like, loads of people, you know, like, people who are, like, the mid-maxers and video games, we call it, like, mid-maxers, where, like, you're just trying to optimize everything to make sure that you have the perfect mm-hmm. sort of run, the perfect sequence for everything. People do that with health. So, like, I wake up uh, oh, five o'clock that. in the see morning. That guy. He looks like, looks like that guy from, uh, now, now you're just somebody that I used to know. There he looks like yeah, exactly yeah, like him. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I like watching stuff. I think it's really cool what he's doing, and it, it gives him cool. purpose and meaning and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, But, like, it like the he is he's doing some he's doing some pretty good work actually. So you should uh, look at him and turn around. He's doing some crazy stuff as well. He's doing some crazy stuff as well. Like he's taking the blood of his son and uh, using that. Yes, and uh, he's using that to help uh, basically rejuvenate him and give him basically like the age of a sixteen year old or something like that there, or like the metabolic age of a sixteen year old. Um, and that's something that they've done with mice where they take the um, the blood of young mice. It transfuse it into the blood of older mice, and the older mice basically become younger. Is <laughs> mad, and vice versa. Um, yeah, and vice versa, which is which is pretty pretty crazy. There is a lot of stuff that going into um anti aging and stuff like that. And uh, your man, one of the guys that I'm listening to, seems super super plausible. Um, his name's David Sinclair. He's doing lots of research on NMN and NAD, NADP. Um, is it? I think it is NAD, NMN, and NAD. And um, these are basically like molecules and they're super simple molecules that are used in the body for creating energy in the um is a Krebs cycle, I think. Um anyway, anti-aging. Uh we could be one of the first generations to to live for super extended periods of time if we uh, sort this part out, but I don't know if it's true or not. Oh. Anyway, back to back to overall optimizing your health for well-being. Going to bed on time is really important. You'll wake up, you'll have more energy. If you don't overeat loads, you'll have a little bit more energy after meals. You'll have those like big um, slumps. Um, if you look and feel great, if you look in the mirror and you don't feel shame and guilt, that's a really good sign. If you've got good, healthy connections with your friends and family, if um, you're moving pretty pretty regularly and your confidence in your ability to move 
that's another really good sign that your overall well-being is good. And if um, Joe, you're going to bed content at night, looking for a nice rest to feel well rested for the next day, and you're optimi- optimistic about the next day, that's a really good sign that your well-being is good. Yeah, and so just kind of on top of that, you know, and our next point is that it's like you know a big part of your well-being is self-care. You know, it's like so gratitude mm-hmm. and self-care. It's like your well-being is going to like dick or is going to be dictated primarily by the self-care it's like are you looking after yourself you know it's like if you're not looking after yourself it's like the chances of you having you know some good well-being it's like you either have some pretty obsessed parents who just will not stop and are dedicated to you and your well-being and or you know it's like maybe you were fortunate and had good self-care practices ingrained in you and it's like or again maybe you're somebody who just hasn't you know it's maybe nobody really looked after you know maybe nobody passed on those habits maybe you went on a self-destructive tear permanently or or, or purposefully and they have bad habits ingrained in terms of your your self-care but you know being grateful and really understanding the opportunity that we have as human beings here every day taking a big deep breath you know having the family you have having the friends you have having the opportunity you have it's like is really an amazing opportunity if we step back and look at it which is very easy to not do. Um, and if you really, truly have gratitude for that, you will see yourself as valuable, see yourself as important and, you know, want to look after yourself. It's like, you know, you can give two people a Ferrari. One person can run it off a bridge and another person will, will probably never even drive it because they're just polishing it all the time. And again, those... I like are, to be the man in the middle there. This is it. Yeah, this is it. It's like, listen, are we, are we scratch after about 20 years probably isn't the worst thing in the world, but, you know, you're only going out and scratching up the first fucking day because you just have no no rules regulations and again if you had somebody like a dad in that situation maybe a mom but in that situation who looked after cars it's like and you watch them and watch how they looked after their car it's like you'd pick up those habits and you'd understand so oh, this is what good care looks like for a car they'd have tips and tricks and be able to teach you that their you know tips and tricks from their mistakes it's like stuff like that is insanely valuable but you know it's like you could also have that and just take it for granted and so, again, we have to learn to take care of ourselves. Some of the things that we talked about is like, you know, good nutrition. Good nutrition, not great nutrition. It doesn't have to be perfect, all right? It, it can be perfect, but it doesn't have to be. You know, good sleep doesn't have to be perfect. It's ideal if it is. Like eight hours, seven hours, but ideally eight. If anybody listens to the book, uh, Why We Sleep, uh, Matthew Walker, is it? Yep. Um, again, it's like, mentioned you know, about sleep, 50 times now. Sleep is absolutely insane. It's one of the things that maybe you should try and get perfect, but if you've got young kids or you've got, you know, or at least stress of life it's something to work on and improve upon exercise regularly you know meditation um, journaling passions hobbies friendships relationships all the things that we mentioned is like brushing your teeth washing your face washing your arse it's like the things that are really important to do is like if you're not doing them it's all going to affect your well-being as you know and the big thing i feel like that we opened up today with is this kind of whole thing is like if you're stressed and your way of dealing with stress is food. It's your only way of dealing with it. Or maybe it's maybe you have other addictions. Uh, Gabe or Matt, uh, the rebel hungry ghost really kind of opened my eyes to an awful lot of, you know, addictive tendencies that we all have um, from time to time. And it's a trauma response. And, you know, we're all traumatized from something in some way or another. Maybe it's big, maybe it's minor. Maybe it was minor, but it felt major. Maybe it was major, but it feels minor. And it's like, we're all carrying stuff and we're all trying to deal with it this way and as you said chris before it's like you know sometimes it's not conscious sometimes just in your nervous system like and you're just a reactive person or maybe you're just a mopey person or maybe you're just responding to it for whatever reason because it's kind of carried in you and it's just never really left and as a practice of self-care it's your job 
to try and take ownership, understand of it, understand it, develop from it and work through it and come the far side of it feeling like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things over the last week, month, year, my well-being is better off because of it. And if you can't say that, it's like, okay, you know, we've got some work to do. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way to put a pin in it. Are we putting a pin in it? What do we got? We got about five minutes left. If you want to dive into something else, it's up to you. Um, well, I think um, one of the things that I was going to talk about there was practice gratitude uh, for your body. So you're all about gratitude in, ge- in general and self-care in general for your mental health, but um, specifically for your body. So a lot of people think of their mind uh, and their body being separate, especially Western people. Who, like uh, We think our body is, is very, our mind and body are two different things. And like, if you are unaware, your brain is connected to your nervous system and your nervous system runs throughout your whole body and your mind and your body are the same thing. Like you can close your eyes and put your mind in the tip of your finger and you can feel it, not literally, but you can put your attention on it and that's your mind in it. You can feel everything, okay? And like just, if you have an emotion, okay, which you think is mental, but it's actually a physical sensation. Do you get me, Joe? If you're nervous, where do you feel it? If you're uh, angry, where do you feel it? You feel tension. You know, it's like it's in your body. All of these emotions are embodied. And with yoga, it's a somatic practice, um, which means that like uh, you move your body and you release this tension. You release different stuff. Like there's something incredibly relaxing, you know, for your for your mentality. So if your shoulders are up, you take a deep breath in, shrug your shoulders, and then deep breath out, roll your shoulders on your back. So the reason. The reason why that's like re- relaxing is because these emotions are embodied. Um, and when you take care of your body, like with a movement practice with something like yoga or Pilates or walking or stretching, whatever it is, um, you will and you will feel uh, better. And I think taking care. Sorry, of- I feel I feel like we should kind of continue this one into the next one. Just kind of feel free to just keep freewheeling it, which is you know yeah, that's- exercise and feel the difference. Yeah, so uh, reconnect with a uh, joyful movement. So, yeah, exercise. If you see all the videos and all that sort of stuff of people doing exercise, you're like, this is great. You're like from the 80s and all, get a pump, all that sort of stuff. Like, the reason they're like that is because it feels good. Like, obviously, it sells a bit better. And you want people to think that exercise feels good and it is hard sometimes, but it's also really, really fun as well. Like, like football is exercise. Why do you play it? Because it's great crack. Do you get me? Going through, like, lifting weights is good crack, especially if you have good people around you, have good music playing, all this sort of stuff. Like, it's fun. It feels good. Yoga, it feels good. Like, the reason people do that is because it feels good. And then when you do it the first few times, you know, it doesn't feel as good. You know, if you have tight hamstrings and you're trying to stretch them for the first time, it feels kind of sticky and uncomfortable, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but when you get the release and you see how good it feels after, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how much I needed that. I think um, yeah. so that, that's one of the ways that you can, like – feel the difference like that's what's really really important about that one like feeling the difference between what it's like when you don't work out versus when you do work out and working out can be loads of different things like just go for a 20 like get out a pen and a piece of paper ask yourself how do i feel right now okay scale one to ten even or put a label on it what sort of motion is okay go for a 20 minute walk and come back how do i feel right now you will notice that your state has changed there's a difference you know, there's a big difference and then you can manipulate how you feel throughout your day and optimize how good you feel or optimize your well-being by doing different rituals or different workouts or different different things we kind of talked re- earlier on you kind of we talked about uh, you know i i half-heartedly said something and you talked about reframing it and one of the things is it's like the, the next one is reconnecting with joyful movement 
And I feel like, you know, maybe there's some people when we say joyful movements, some people, I don't like enjoying, I don't enjoy any movements. Like, listen, I, let's have a little think about that. Wait, maybe. wait, wait, wait. Yeah, true. let's hold. I have something on this. I have this. I seen a YouTube short last night. I seen a YouTube short last night. And it was actually, it was actually really sweet. It was this, um, this kid who was standing outside a shop. He was like in like Detroit or something right there. And um, Joe, he was like, you all, this guy was like, you always this hard. I was like, yeah, I'm OG, man. I'm OG. Go away. Go all this sort of stuff. He's like, like, man, you need to cry. You need to cry. And it's like this, like, like, I don't know, 14 year old. He's like, how old are you? You're a baby. And uh, he's like, man, I've been, I've been this hard all the time. Like for years, whatever. I'm OG, blah, 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 blah. He's like. I was like, you got your mom, your dad, you still got them? And he's like, hey, what about your grandma? And then he's like, Joey's like, oh, she died last year. He's like, man, you just need to cry. And he starts fucking crying. The kid starts crying. And he stops this, like, big, like, hard show and all this sort of stuff. And, like, he wasn't allowing himself to feel this sort of feeling. Like, it was, it was a real-time sort of thing where someone has, has this big wall up of emotion. Someone just poked through. And then everything sort of came crashing down. The facade was gone and all this sort of stuff. So these people are just, like, all Joe tough, all nails, blah, 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 blah. And kind of have it, like... And that's a, big, are... a, a big part of a big part of like the I don't like to move movement is like it's like listen you're 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 not happy in your body because your body doesn't feel well it's like and maybe as well you've been thrown into an environment many times where the movement pace was too much for you. you felt like that was embarrassing you just decided to opt out it's like listen one of the things that changed my life and this is after seven nine years of boxing like I still didn't feel like I was fit to go for a run. I literally tried to run like a hundred meters and it didn't work out for me because I didn't know how to pace myself. I didn't know how to stick on a pair of earphones, put on some chill music and just go for a nice little run. You know, it's like, I didn't know how to just go for a walk and just enjoy, you know, without earphones, the nature of things, just watching stuff, having a conversation and stuff like that. It's like, you know, a game of ping pong. You know, it's like some people like me personally, it's like one of the reasons I never really enjoyed um, football growing up was because i actually was really really poor connecting with other with other lads my age and it's like so i, I didn't like football it's like no it's not you like football don't wrong football football was just that's why an, uh, that's why i wasn't good at football yeah. this is it it's like you, you didn't you weren't really con- connecting with the lads because and you're afraid to make friends and say, oh listen that's what that fight was also for me you know um another thing kind of outside that is like with with um like solo in a football it's like one of the reasons why i never got into a football just playing with a football myself was because for me to take on solo, it's like if I wasn't good at it straight away, I wasn't going to try it. Whereas if I had somebody encourage me there saying, all right, listen, can I, oh, you missed. Ha, 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 hilarious. I'm going to do that. I'm going to miss loads. Instead of try again. seeing somebody solo, seeing somebody solo win, they did a hundred, I did two, I'm never trying that again. It's like, you know, how you frame things and how you're coming at it is just as important of what you're doing as well. It's like so many people who can't swim, it's like, Listen, you can't swim. Maybe you can't swim in six feet of water. Maybe you're thrown in one time. You had a terrible experience. It's like, listen, you can swim. You just might maybe can't swim very far. And you probably really enjoy knowing that you've got Like, oh, I can't swim. Do you mean you're just terrified of the water? Is that reasonable enough to say? It's like, are you really just afraid because you had a bad experience? It's like, you know, whatever it is. It's like, I, like, I, I hate the beach because I don't like sand in between my toes. It really just irritates me, to be fair. Um so again, Same. I feel really wait there. I feel really guilty about not liking the beach. Everyone's like, "Oh, let's go to the beach." I'm like, "I don't really want to." I hate the <laughs> beach. I hate the beach. I saw because I don't like connecting with the with the crabs. It's just the sand. To be fair, give me a sandless beach and I go. Um, but also again, anyway, kind of tangent there a little bit. My my point my point is this. My point is that if you reconnect with a movement that suits you that you actually like, and it might take you a couple of tries, is like you'll find that exercise now isn't a laborious thing. And now all you have to do is focus on not eating every one of your options. 
you know, if, if yeah. uh, you're, you're looking to move into health, maybe you have to get a little more organized, maybe you have to expand your cookery skills. But again, we're, we're really talking back to self-care. It's like my kids have to move. Obviously, like uh, something interesting is they crave it right now. And if we neglect that, I'm sure they will just reject it and not want to see it as effort. But it's like movement initially is fun. Movement something that we like to do as human beings. And the more old we get, like are we trying to conserve energy and that kind of stuff? But it's like if you find a passion, movement's not movement's not a chore. It's actually something that you know you should do. If you have a kid, you will naturally encourage them to move. If you have a dog, you will naturally want to walk it you know it's like in true discipline or lack of there you know you might not follow through with it but you know that it's a, it's a good instinct you know that you should have a well-balanced diet and we know when or not when we're not serving ourselves and we're not caring for ourselves and the goal would be it's like listen you need to take care of yourself as if you're somebody else that you care about you know it's like we kind of again Oh, listen, it's like, ah, it's only, like, you know, we're very, oh, we're very polite. Listen, oh, it's only me. Don't worry about little old me. It's like, well, we are worried about you. In fact, you're starting to become a problem for everybody, all right? But you need to start taking care of yourself because you're a little dark hole or a little dark cloud. And, you know, you're, you're a pull, obviously, and this is a bit of a selfish thing for other people. It's like, you know, you're pulling other people into your negative vibe. It's like, you're just in that negative vibe. And if, that, if that's what it feels like just been around you, it's like, I'm sure it's hard for you or again maybe you're just really good at hiding it and you go home and you cry home to yourself you know it's like whatever it is it's like we got to take care of ourselves because you're all you got you know it's like at the end of the day behind your eyes that's all you have and that's what the whole meditation is about it's like if you close your eyes and just kind of sit with yourself it's like how do you feel how is your well-being are you doing all right do you need to cry do you need to cry not sure if i dropped out there <laughs> no you didn't you didn't that was adorable that's what you that's 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 your point it's like you know it's like sometimes like we just don't know what's going on it's like we like it's something you said that kind of drew my attention to was the thing in your finger it's like there's places of your body right now like uh, your left shoulder blade that nobody was thinking about when they were listening to this and now all of a sudden you're thinking about and you're feeling that and you know it wasn't even there before you didn't like my pelvis i haven't got a clue what my pelvis even was until i was about 20 years of age through pilates i hurt my back it's like a whole structure there right absolutely no idea what it was or how it operated and you know there could be feelings in you at the minute that you're just not aware of it's like they're, they're happening listen your shoulder blade was there before i mentioned it to you and um, you know your uh, my pelvis was there before somebody brought it up to me and it was associated with all these things before it was ever brought up to me but the thing about it is is that we weren't aware of it all right we have to become aware of these things we have to train ourselves to be aware of these things and chris is gone so i think we'll leave it there for this week guys thanks so much for joining us on the FF show and we have a wonderful time, a wonderful week and we'll catch you in the next one. As always, thanks for listening. Peace.